Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Time to smash it up, everybody. Pop those beers. Whether you're there in can form or bottle form, alongside the managing editor of Warchant.com, he is Ira Schofel. My name is Tom Lang. And you never know if Ira is going to enjoy a red stripe or not during Sunday's match, but it looks like he got stocked up. How's it going, Ira? Been that kind of day, Tom. Been that kind of day. We were supposed to uh, do some stuff around the house, get some Christmas tree lights up, but uh, you know, the bowl announcements took about, I don't know, the entire day. And then breaking news, more Awful news for Florida State basketball that just came in within the last hour or so to brighten everybody's day. Cameron Fletcher, who's probably been their best player. I mean, he's the fourth leading scorer, 10.5, 10.8 points a game, but by far their best rebounder and, and probably best effort guy um, is out for the year. And on a play, he he got hurt at the end of, I don't know if people watched the end of that um, the game over the weekend. And, you know, they played two top five teams in the country back to back, Purdue and then uh, Virginia. And Virginia – they make this huge run to cut it to three points, five points late in the game. They throw a lob to him, and he comes down and apparently blows out his knee, and he's out for the season. So, I mean, this team, man, it's just unbelievable. So just when they started playing better, they played pretty well in these last two games against pretty yeah. good, really good teams. And anyway, we'll talk about happier things. We'll talk about the bowl game and, 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 and those types of things. You know, I think I was in my 20s the last time Florida State was in a bowl. That's not literally true, but it's pretty close to true. Um, yeah, the basketball, you know, Ira, it seemed like they were getting so so close that right. maybe Baba would put them over the top for some nice wins. And now to it's just be decent, to just right. be decent. Yeah. yeah. And now it looks like it's uh, Florida State and Louisville for relegation out of the ACC. <laughs> right. Uh, whenever those two tip off here in the near future. But yes, uh, big news today, and then we've got a lot of stuff coming this week on Warchant TV and Warchant.com with the transfer portal window opening up tomorrow. Michael Langston will be by in about, oh, I'd say, 10, 15 minutes to join us for the Sunday Smash. We've got about a 40-minute program here tonight, folks. We're going to go with the future, and that's the transfer portal and roster shaping. But then we're starting tonight with the now. Florida State is in a bowl. They're playing in the Cheez-It Bowl, and Oklahoma, 6-6 six and six, Oklahoma is the opponent. There it is. They are bowl-bound. You can see it right there, and we'll have all the coverage you love. And we already have a couple of press conferences from Mike Norvell and Brent Venables up on the channel. Ira, your initial thoughts on where Florida State landed and uh, the compelling nature of this matchup. Is it 
compelling. Uh, it's great that it's a bowl game at the very least for Florida State. What do you think? I think it's pretty compelling. And, you know, I've seen some people complain that it's not, you know, Oklahoma's not very good this year. Well, two things I'd say about that. Number one is five years from now, when people see that Florida State won a game against Oklahoma in a bowl game, nobody's going to remember that this was not a very good Oklahoma team. Uh, number two, I mean, look, historically, Florida State has struggled. I think they're one and six all time against them. Um, somewhere in that ballpark, all time against Oklahoma. So it would be nice to get a win against them, no matter how good they are. Number two, this, this is not a bad Oklahoma team. There's a couple of scores that I think people saw during the season that made you think that they're terrible, particularly the shutout against Texas. But Dylan Gabriel didn't play in that game. And in the games where they lost, when they kind of didn't look good, it's mostly because they had injuries. I think they're – I mean, and they're going to be without some guys in this bowl game. Both are starting offensive tackles are not going to play. They've opted out and they're, they're stud running back and a, and a defensive lineman with four sacks. But we also don't know yet if everybody's going to be playing for Florida state. We think most of them are, maybe all of them are. Um, but you know, they've already had some guys opt out. So my point is Dylan Gabriel is one of the top, I mean, he's a big time player. He's, he's passed from his 3000 yards this year, 24 touchdowns, five interceptions, I believe. Um, you know, they've got some weapons and, and I'm sure it's not like they don't have anybody on the bench on the offensive line. I'm sure they'll have guys that can play. So um, I just think it's going to be a fun game, man. I just think – and it's an opportunity to win against, again, against a team that has a big name and you're getting to play in the state of Florida, which will be good for recruiting. I just – to me, it's it's everything good. I don't, I don't have any – of course, as a Miami guy, Tom, I wanted the Orange Bowl. <laughs> but that would require Clemson getting to the playoff, and I know a lot of people didn't like that option. Yeah, I would have been good with ReliaQuest because I could have gone and you know home across the bay in, in uh, Palm Harbor and Clearwater, and that would have been fun. But this is, I mean, Ira, an opportunity for ten wins, and you, right. whoever the hell it is, get to those ten wins. And Nunu, thank you. Welcome to the uh, to the Warchan TV family. I don't know that I've ever seen you before in the chat, but Nunu says, "I hope we smack Oklahoma." Well, there's a good chance if the trenches are going to be fundamentally different with both Sooner offensive tackles opting out of the game, and then Oklahoma gives up a boatload of yards on the ground each game. So. For Florida State, I'll set the early over-under, Ira. If all five starting offensive linemen for Florida State are available, choose to play in this game, I'd set the over-under at 275 yards rushing. This is going to be one of those straight-ahead, ground-and-pound type games. And when you start talking about it that way and getting into the breakdown, that's when the juices start flowing. Then, all right, you get another chance to watch this team that's so fun to watch. Hey, and if you're uh, Trey Benson or Sean Ward who's contemplating your future, yeah. hey, man. There's an opportunity to line up against that Oklahoma defense. That wouldn't be a bad thing. And uh, so, you know, we'll see. I, mean, I think we'll get some announcements here in the near future. There's a lot of optimism that most of those guys who have decisions to make, uh, you know, the vast majority, it sounds like, are probably going to be likely to stay at Florida State. We'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, the way Florida's run, Florida State's run the ball this season, the last seven games, over 200 yards a game, yeah, you got to love that matchup for sure. Well, Michael will be joining us in a little bit, but we get to put, you know, the hat on that Michael Langston and Warchant, uh, you know, recruiting staff like Austin Cox have worn for a long time, Ira, which is the hat of paranoia. Like, you know, recruiting season down the stretch, recruiting season in general is the land of paranoia. Signing day, early signing day is like, is this kid in the 11th hour going to change his mind? Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Well, now with the way that roster construction is in the transfer portal, on the team side of the operation, we have to do that as well. And so that's what we're you know, going to go through this week for everybody at Warchant TV and Warchant.com is we have basically shifts of if there's any breaking news, tune right in here. Subscribe to Warchant TV. It's absolutely free. Hit the like button underneath the video. It helps us find more FSU fans. 
And then, of course, Ira, join Warchant.com. It's just 10 bucks through August 31st of next year. Gets you all the way through camp on the precipice of Florida State and LSU. So it's just kind of a wild, unpredictable time. December is now a completely different month on the college football calendar than it was, say, even three or four years ago. Yeah, it really is. And it's and it's I man, it's just cool again to for Florida State to be involved in this. I mean, you know, again, it's been three years since they've been to a bowl game. Uh, you know, the championship Saturday weekends haven't been any relevance to Florida State. The college football playoff rankings haven't been any relevance to Florida State. Yeah. Now they're number 13 in the country. Of course, it would have been a tough day if the 12 team playoff had been enacted and Florida State checked in at number 13 uh in the country. But you know, I mean, yeah, man, it's just cool we're part of these conversations again. It's like midway through the season when they start getting ranked in the poll again. It's like, oh, okay, you don't have to we, – we can't just ignore the polls. We can't just ignore bowl season. Florida State's in it. And uh, and I think, man, again, I think the Jordan-Travis-Dylan-Gabriel matchup, I think it's going to be a pretty sexy matchup um, as far as bowls go. And so I think there's going to be some excitement about this game. And Florida State, people are talking about Florida State again. Like if you watch college football on ESPN or Fox or wherever, they're talking about Florida State again. So this is another opportunity, as you said, get 10 wins and get them talking good about you all offseason. You know, we've always had a debate of whether or not a bowl win does anything for you for the next season. And it probably doesn't, especially in this era. But it does give people reasons to talk positively about you uh, if you're coming off a 10-win season. So there's a lot on the line, right? Yeah, just put on your hat for the alternate universe, Ira. Could you imagine? And I know it doesn't, like, because you have a group of five that would get an automatic bid into the playoffs, so it might cut off a little bit differently. Yeah. yeah. But could you imagine this weekend, watching on Friday night, and then Utah pulls away late and lays the wood to USC, and you're like, oh, my God, all right. (laughs) We need TCU tomorrow. TCU's got to come through, finish the job, and then they they rally from a a 10- or 11-point deficit. Uh, and get to overtime, get to overtime, get to the one yard line, the half yard line, Ira. Could you imagine being an old fan with a birth in the playoff on the line? (laughs) Oh my God. We would have flipped this whole town. This whole fan base would have been so pissed off at TCU (laughs) for not being able to pick up a half a damn yard and they get in the playoff anyway, but that's what's coming in the near future. And now that that, since we last talked on Sunday smash, I mean, that's the future in two short years. That's where Florida State is going to be. It's it's only getting crazier. I feel like we're already in a crazy alternate college football universe, but it's only getting crazier now by the year. Well, maybe they'll be uh, maybe they'll be solidly in in those years by the time the uh, twelve team playoff starts. But yeah, you know, I've always kind of like you know, I know some people say, well, well you know, the the twelfth or thirteenth team is is going to be screwed or whatever. And it's kind of like, man, if you're the thirteenth team, nobody's that upset because you're probably going to have like Florida State has three losses. Right. Some teams might have two losses. You know, right now, you know, there's teams that are, you know, obviously Alabama's campaigning to get in. Uh, Clemson, if they had won last week against South Carolina, they would have got in. Um, so it's, you know, it's it's a little, there's a little more parity in general. But then when you open it up to 12 teams, yeah, man, there's going to be some teams that are not the upper crust necessarily that sneak their way in. And that's going to be fun. Like two lanes and schools like that we'll have a legitimate chance to get in there. That should be pretty fun. That Florida game already, it's a rivalry game and you want to win it. But could you imagine, again, there's another layer to that in game 12 of the season where no fans would have been like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Florida's going to be the reason that, you know, we lose a fourth game and are out of the discussion in the playoff. That kind of awesomeness is coming your way. But in the bridge year, 2023, Sky Ninja, thank you for your contribution, asks. uh, First off, he thanks us for the coverage that we have, but is if everyone that can come back does what are realistic expectations for next year? 
Uh, I'll start with this. Ira, divisions are going away in the ACC. And you look at Florida State's draw next year in the ACC, what teams are getting, what teams are not. It's got to be that on this weekend next year, they're playing in the title game for the ACC, right? I mean, that would be the expectation. Yeah, I heard you talking about that on uh, Jeff, Jeff, the Jeff Cameron Show, the wildly popular Jeff Cameron wow. Show the other day. I hadn't really looked at it. I mean, I knew that the divisions were going away, but I really hadn't looked at the schedule that Florida State has for – for, really has come out their first year of divisionless football, which yep. – you know, again, I was ignorant to the fact that the schedule was even out a couple weeks ago, but so I obviously hadn't looked at it much, but yeah, man, it's, it's, it sets up really, really nicely. There's going to be a, a couple of tough, tough games. You know, you're going to have to go to Clemson and there's going to be some challenging games, but man, yeah. If, if, if you don't have to worry about divisions again, like, you know, this weekend was a perfect example, you know, where, where the, the best of the coastal North Carolina just gets bitch slapped by Clemson. Whereas I think there's, several schools in the ACE in the, in the Atlantic that took Clemson down to the wire, including Florida state. And so, um, yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to that. And this, yeah, if those guys all come back to the question from sky ninja, I think Florida state may be the favorite. And now, now the one, the one caveat there is Clemson found a quarterback and, and he's been sitting on their bench the whole time. And I think we've all been enjoying the fact that they, they weren't moving on from DJ, but now they have moved on from DJ and uh, their quarterback situation looks a little more daunting. I forget what movie it was, but it's all the animals. Maybe it's Zootopia, and they've got the sloths in the DMV. You know, that <laughs> that is Dabo when it comes to making a change of quarterback. It happened with Deshaun Watson. It happened with Trevor Lawrence and Kelly Bryant. And it happens again. That fan base must be like, yeah, thanks. We're going to Miami. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Dabo. Great. You couldn't have done that after his 20th incompletion against South Carolina? He completed eight passes against South Carolina. Jesus, Dabo, thanks a whole heap. We would have skated into the playoff. Thank you, Derek Neal. Actually, legitimately, thank you. We sacrificed thanks, our Derek. basketball team to the football gods. Everybody believes that there's an inverse proportionality of success between those two major programs, Ira. Uh, if that's the working theory, then Florida State is going to win the national championship next year because the over-under right now before Boba Miller comes back has to be maybe one and a half wins between well, they do it. the time he comes back. I was going to say, yeah. The, between now and the time he comes back, yeah, that might be about right. Um, yeah, I mean, that theory started when basketball started doing well and everybody's like, oh, that's great. We got a good basketball team. But why did the football team have to go off a cliff for that to happen? Well, yeah. now all of a sudden football wins nine games and basketball is doing what basketball is doing. So maybe, maybe there's some way they'll all be on the same page next year, but it doesn't look like it. You know, uh, yeah, it's not lost on me, Ira, that Sunday Ira is fun, Ira, because bitch slapped is a word I've never heard you use well, on any form of uh, the radio or uh, seminal headlines or uh, except for Sunday nights. Don Ira is in the house, but we only have him for a couple more minutes uh, because we're going to preview the transfer portal and the, the anarchy to come uh, with the transfer portal around college football. The window opens tomorrow. Michael Langston will join us in just a moment. But Ira, your thoughts on what's going to be uh, a crazy novel time in college football. We've never had a defined window like we now do. Uh, what do you expect in the week ahead? Maybe not just for Florida State, but for the game. And uh, are you going to sleep at all over the next week? Are you going to have your phone on alert? Are you allowed to put do not disturb on your phone? Or is it going to be like the, the red phone that used to be in the president's office? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be... Um... I think it's mostly going to, I think this whole process is going to be overall good for Florida state. I really do. And if you think about it, the last two years, it's been very positive for Florida state. Even when guys, they haven't, you know, they've lost some guys that they wanted to keep, 
I don't think anybody was excited to lose DJ Matthews or there's some talented players like Corey Durden. And they lost some good players, but for the most part, they were really did much better in the portal with in the incoming than in the outgoing. And I think that's going to be the case again this year, even though I don't think it's going to be huge numbers. And I know Michael's going to talk about that specifically, but I don't think, you know, they're not going out to get a big, a ton, a huge recruiting class in the portal, but I do think they're going to do well and, and get a higher caliber of player. And I think the players that you want to keep, I think most of them, it sounds like a lot of them are going to stay. And I think most of them are going to stay. Um, and so that's great news. And so, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. And there's a lot of factors at play. There's some guys considering their NFL options and other options at other schools. Um, but I, but I really think that because of the success they had this year, I think these guys want to run it back. I think these guys want to see what they can do next year. And uh, I think there's a lot of confidence that they can have a big year. So I, I'm, I think it's going to be a positive experience. I know people are going to be in the edge of their seats and Florida State's going to lose some players, I'm sure. Um, but I think overall, I think Florida State fans are going to be really happy with the end of this process. It's been a long day for the managing editor of Warchant.com. He is Ira Chauffel. He'll have us covered head to toe on Warchant and Warchant TV as the transfer portal window opens. Allow the man some time to have a red strike, will you, everybody? Hey, <laughs> can, I, can I pimp a couple things? Pimp a so, yeah, stay tuned to Warchant.com, Warchant TV for all the coverage. Tom will tell you that again later. Um, I've got a cool video coming up that Ben, producer Ben, has helped us with. It's going to be up on the site it may, maybe tomorrow or the next day and up on Warchant TV. So check it out. It's uh, basically the legend of the Gatorhead. You saw it when Florida State beat Florida um, last week, and you know all the players break out the Gatorhead and carry it or parade it around. We've never really told the story about where it came from, how long they've been doing it, um, kind of the the process that to determine who's going to carry it. There's a, a lot of interesting details to it. And that, we'll either have that up maybe on the site and on Warchant TV tomorrow, but maybe, maybe on Tuesday, but that's coming. It's going to be a really cool feature. I think you guys are going to like it. I've had an advanced viewing of it. Ben did a great job of directing it, but that interview is awesome, Ira. And uh, we'll, we'll let people see it uh, for themselves as to who you're talking to and, and how it all gets to uh, how it came to pass. It's a really fun story. We hope you tune in to Warchant TV uh, tomorrow or Tuesday. Anything else to pimp before uh, before you ride? I'm good. I'll make the way for uh, Langston. Right. Line change time. He is the managing editor of Warchant.com. He is Ira Chaffel. Thanks, Ira. I'm sure we'll be talking in about 45 minutes. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. See you, man. See you. Now we welcome in the senior recruiting analyst for Warchant.com. There he is. It's yep. Michael Langston. Happy Sunday to you, Michael. How are you? I'm good. I don't know how I follow up the pimper, uh, the pimping man, uh, Ira, but uh, I'm going to do my best. Uh, uh, you know, you guys talked about the Florida State Oklahoma game. Now, uh, I will give people my age. I'm 51. I've never seen FSU beat Oklahoma. My mom even gave me a history lesson like that's correct. They won in 1965. Mm -hmm. So I have not seen them play. So I think there's a lot of people that haven't seen FSU beat Oklahoma in their lifetime. So I think this is a significant moment for them. When you add in all the stuff, 10 wins, recruiting, um, certainly you can bring, you know, in-state kids to your practice if you, when you're over there in Orlando or whatever. Uh, I think it's just a big attraction overall for recruiting, and I think it's a big deal. So here we go, Michael. It's time. Transfer portal Mid window opens tomorrow. Uh, midnight. Tom, yeah, at midnight. Uh, Tom, thank you very much for the contribution. He's appealing to get his ban lifted. I can't do anything about that, Tom. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, we'll get to that question in just a moment. Michael, I'm always so fascinated by the process. Like, everybody has their own process. Mike Norvell mm -hmm. uh, has his own way of doing things. Josh Storms is uh, the conditioning coach, strength and conditioning coach. But even in our own business, 
So the transfer portal window is now a thing. And you've got to ask questions that you've never had to ask before, you know, in the last year or two as this thing has really gotten going. Mm-hmm. What has your process been like for the transfer portal as it stands now with Windows? And when you sit down and say, okay, i got to figure this out, where do you go first and how do you make sense of it all? Well, I think the first thing I do is kind of find out what's the necessity for the team uh, as far as what they want the most. Seems to be in the trenches of what I see offensive line. Seems like you have several guys that are that are portal guys that you're replacing. So I think uh, you certainly want to get those. But you also – you have to ask the questions of, okay, how many of these guys are returning? You know, yeah. you can have some guys that are returning. You know, so I think that's the juggling part of what FSU is doing. And uh, certainly you're juggling who's going to stay, who's going to leave. Then you can kind of dissect uh, where you go as far as those positions. Uh, but for me, it's it starts in the trenches. I think that's where a lot of the, you know, the portal meat is going to come from. Um, you know, you got offensive line. I think they would love to add a defensive tackle. We've already seen with a guy – we reported on Brandon Fisk uh, from Western Michigan that they're certainly after. So I think they want to address those early positions and then it's best available. You want to add some positions like DB and, and other places. So I think it's really dissecting who's coming back. And also I don't think FSU, and this might not make people feel good. I don't think FSU is going to like push, push, push like crazy, like to be the fastest team to offer. But I do think they're going to be very careful and selective because they are. They're the cat's meow. They're the top, they're one of the top tier programs to have transfer guys. Not only are they did they have a nine and three season, they're guys produced in the portal. Um, so it's going to be a heavily high attracted place to a lot of these portal guys in the, in that program and FSU and Norvell and Atkins and all these guys. They know that, so they're going to be very patient to what they want and. Um, this staff, I can tell you, they do not care about the, the rankings or four star or where they came from or how highly rated they are. They trust their evaluations. They always have ever since I've known the staff evaluate, evaluate, evaluate. That's what these guys do. Um, so uh, they're going to take their time. You know, maybe the guy they go after isn't the, the spicy uh, guy from Texas A&M that's a five star, but they're going to take the guy that fits everything that what they're looking for. If you remember, they got a lot of heat last year when they took Trey Benson. I think that worked out pretty good for FSU. Yeah. Um, so I think it's not always going to be sexy uh, to fans, but I think this staff has shown like they trust what they see in their evaluations. Well, there's going to be a whole lot of five-star spice leaving Texas A&M over the next year. Yeah. I think that's, <laughs> uh, that's definitely assured at this point. So, Mike, let me ask you this general question before I get specific. Okay. If we're taking the entirety of the offseason, so the window opening now – post spring and into the summer, because this isn't just like something that happens tomorrow and then Mm -hmm. it's over. This is a long process about bringing transfers in. What would you set like a Vegas over under number at for what Florida state is going to bring in? That's a huge question. We get all the time on the chat or on the boards. How many, how many, how many? So if you had to set an over under where, where would that number be? My number would be around seven or nine. Uh, That's kind of where I'm at. Um, Could it, get to double digits maybe but I'm going to say seven or nine because I think you have to factor in a chance that some guys are going to come back so you might not need a position there I personally think Jordan Travis comes back I think there there may be an offensive lineman or two that also come back you know maybe they either get an extra year or whatnot but I think there could be that so you have to factor in that stuff so mine is seven to nine that's kind of the mark I've, I've kind of stayed on 
Okay. And in terms of outflow, we've already seen, we've reported on a couple of defensive tackles that have left mm-hmm. Florida State. Uh, we have a video about one of them, Sean Bray Jackson leaving. Jarrett Jackson right. as well is no longer on the roster. So you already got three when you include those two guys and Sam McCall. If you had to set a number, we're not going to get into names. This is the kid's personal business. Uh, right. So if you had to set a number there, including the three that have already left, what do you think that number would be of outflow? Who that's t- I mean that's tough. Uh, that's that's more Irish range as far as team yeah. guys, you know, going in there. I try not to, to babble in that since they don't doubt in recruiting, but I think there'll be more. I think there'll be a few more. I would yeah. guess. Uh, you're going through the exit interviews, so and, and a lot of people look at this like, oh, you know, Shawbray Jackson or Jared Jackson. They're like, oh, it's okay, it's a reserve guy. It's like, oh, they're just kicking them out. It's like you gotta, I mean, think about just how they do the process, like. Norvell's trying to do what's best for these kids. Like if they don't feel like, you know, you're going to be in the plans or stuff like that. It isn't just about FSU improving their roster. It's also about helping these guys play at another place where you can see the field. If, you know, so that's another thing to consider, but I think, um, I, I think you'll see, you know, I think you'll see more, but that's just mainly a guess. That's not Intel guys that don't base that. But I, I think uh, certainly there's going to be, a lot of uh, at midnight. I'm sure it'll be uh, chaotic as hell uh, for me. But um, you know, it's it's already been chaotic the last three days. I swear, Tom. There's like it's like every seven minutes there's somebody going in. They're like, wow, you know, that guy's going in. So yeah, I I, I can tell people, and I've said this in my mini meal. I do think there's several guys that FSU has in mind that if they go in, FSU feels like uh, it's a very high chance that they can get them if they want them. Yeah, nobody's allowed to tamper. And, Tom, I see he's contributed a second time. He's got a question. We'll get to it in just a minute. Uh, But I just find this so damn fascinating because you're not allowed to tamper. Everybody knows that. But then nobody wants to get caught without being prepared, either for Mm -hmm. guys that are leaving their own program or, oh, my God, that kid's available. We've already given the spot away. How dialed in is the coaching community? How much do they almost help each other to communicate, Michael, that, you know, there's going to be this prospect is out there or that prospect is out there? How does that work? Yeah, I think they all communicate, and I think there's people that are around the player that are tied to, that ties, that give you the background. I mean, because you have to. There's no freaking way you can do a portal stuff and not do background yep. intel from what this stuff. If you're not doing background intel, you're behind the eight ball, and you're not you're gonna get you're not gonna get the guys you want. So there's certainly background intel that's going on that has gone on for every team around the country. I'm sure there's schools that talk. Uh, um, certainly, you know, but I think it's more so as a staff, you, you see what you covet. And, uh, I, the one thing I was consistently told by my FSU Intel was they are going to be very patient and selective on the guys they heavily pursue. Now you're going to hear a lot of guys that, Hey, you know, FSU is involved. There's communication. And here's the other thing, guys, you know, for people that are social media freaks, a lot of these kids are going to put offers on there that they don't have, you know, and, and it's a business thing to sell themselves. So unless it's coming from somebody that's connected to, uh, you know, this stuff, uh, whether it be myself or somebody else, that there is a pursuit, um, you know, from the FSU in, I think you need to be careful about what you see as far as offers and stuff like that. So there's going to be, because it's a business for both sides, you know, kids trying to sell themselves. So, uh, and I don't think that lessens what they are. I don't think coaches look at that like, oh, I'm never going to go after that guy because he put an offer that we haven't really offered. But I, I just think it's about selling and pitching yourself, and it's a business. 
So to the nearly 525 of you that are watching right now on Sunday Smash, hit the like button underneath this video. Subscribe to our channel. We very much appreciate your support. A couple of people to thank real quick. Jim, who said uh, with his contribution, Miami is out and Florida kicks off the bowl season a full two weeks before Florida State. Love it. Thank you, Jim. Uh, we also yep. love that as well. If Florida State ever wanted to have a bowl tie-in in Las Vegas, though, I'd, I'd, I'd be okay with the ACC sending teams out to Vegas. Uh, Tom asks, all right, here we go. He's asked twice. <laughs> okay. so, Travis Hunter, Michael, the floor is yours. <laughs> yeah, over over and under. I thought I would get that, like, on the message board. Somebody was asking me how many times you think. I think it'll be up to, you know, 200 times the first day. Uh, you know, so I expected to get Travis Hunter stuff. I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. I was told, like, you know, beginning of the year, they're like, there's no way if, you know, Travis Hunter leaves and goes to the portal that, you know, they won't pursue because what he did and everything. Then as the season went on, it was kind of like that slowly started like, you know what? They might. Um, so I think if Travis doesn't go to Colorado, you know, I think uh, there's a very real chance that you could see a pursuit. The two teams I had heard was FSU and SC, which is in South Carolina. If they, if they, if there was a pursuit. Um, so those were the teams I, I had heard that if he doesn't follow Dion. Colorado and uh you know we'll just have to kind of wait and see and then there's also Kevin Coleman who FSU was heavily involved with that was at Jackson State I've heard those guys might be tied together with Hunter and Coleman so we'll see if that's that happens but uh, I think the main thing is just um we got to see first what Travis does as far as in regards to Colorado um it's not exactly uh a destination place as far as uh recruits overall usually but Dion's charismatic and you never know he's going to get some top recruits he's already got one from the 2025 class and Winston Watkins so I um, mean he's sure he's going to get players but uh, as far as the Travis Hunter that that's kind of my feelings there he wasn't going to take that job without a lot of money committed for him to make things yeah. happen very quickly and speaking of that the DMD the official DMD of Warchan TV Z-Chan thank you very much thank Z-Chan, you Z-Chan always always coming through for us a true pillar he says, Michael, what is the one thing that you are most excited about as we're on the precipice of the offseason? And, and go ahead if you think it's about high school recruiting as well, because that's in three short weeks. I'm really excited. I mean, there's, there's a few things I'm excited about. First of all, I mean, I'll get the stuff that doesn't really impact kind of the guys are pursuing yet. Uh, yet. Uh, but I'm really excited about these dudes that are coming in for FSU. I mean, I am extremely excited about Hakeem Williams. I'm extremely excited about – you know, Dre Jacobs, uh, Vandravius Jacobs, uh, talented receiver from Bureau Beach. And and I'm really excited about, you know, some of these other players like Blake Nicholson, Keldrick Falk, a top defensive end. I'm interested to see you got guys in there that are already really good, that are proven guys, like the portal guys that they've gotten. And then there's guys that are developing like Patrick Payton. I'm curious to see when you mix some elite dudes in there, what is this roster going to look like? I mean, how dynamic are are they going to be? So I'm I'm really excited about that. Also, I'm excited about what they're going to get in the portal because, I mean, the buzz from my end, Tom, um, ever since that probably that Georgia Tech game, and it only kept increasing every week and definitely crescendoed up when Florida, they beat Florida was, I mean, they, there's a lot of excitement and a lot of confidence in regards to FSU getting some very good players uh, from the portal. They feel very good about what the products they've done and, there was even some giddiness when I was at Moore last weekend on the on the official visitors. It was like you could see around the coaches. There was a little, you know, confidence giddiness uh, to about, hey, 
we did what we need to do uh, to set things for recruiting. And now we just got to finish it, obviously win a bowl game. But I think they felt like they set their plan in place and the, the vision that they've been presenting to high school kids, that's really going to resonate and two, the portal kids having a big year like Trey Benson, Johnny Wilson, all these guys having great years. I think it's only going to solidify their progress. I, th- I don't think it could have gone that much better outside of uh, not giving away the NC State game. I think I think everything else was just about as perfect as you could ask for for FSU. Well, and they knew that this was a critical season. I mean, they're not stupid over there. <laughs> they knew that this is, you know, it's a seesaw, right? And it's like, which way is this thing going to teeter, one way right. or the other? And it ended up with the chart and the progress report pointing up into the black for Florida State. We're no longer in the red here. And right. Nunu, to that point, thank you, Nunu, again, for your second contribution tonight, where you're saying Florida State is in a great position of power, essentially, because of what's going on on offense, that kids look at this program and they can see that for next year's purposes, Michael, they're not that far away. I could be the difference. Like, that would be the pitch to a player, right? Yeah, and and it's two. It's what they're doing on the field is what you're selling to kids when they were, were weren't good, when they were, when they were just average, they were, you know, five and seven or whatever the record was, you were selling this like, Hey, these guys get better each year. I did a story on Brock Glenn. You know, they, they said they went in there with Brock Glenn to show them a chart and how much better Jordan was every single year. Now everyone sees what Jordan's like to another level that we haven't seen uh, from Jordan. And, and I think it's like that across the board with all the players. So, when you when your product, I mean, it's one thing selling stuff. It's another thing in showing it in action as far as uh, the production and the development. And that's the thing I would say this staff does the best. They do a really good job recruiting and relationships, but damn if they don't nail on their their development. I mean, they just they really hit a lot of these development. I mean, there's so many guys you could list that are so much better players than when uh, you know they first got there. So I think uh, that's a big deal. And it's certainly in high school. Now, I think the season itself will affect the 2024 kids more than it will 2023. I think there'll be some that kind of will officially visit FSU that maybe raise some eyebrows like, oh, yeah, that guy's interested. So, But I think there's mostly 2024. That's what this season was about to really solidify yourself. Go in there to Miami, you know, just humiliate them. And then you go in there on a Friday night in in front of a a crazy electric atmosphere you beat um, you beat Florida, uh, which is a big moment because you you're now king of the state. And then two, the games you lost, you never felt like FSU didn't belong when you watched them play. Their roster felt like they belong. Kids see that stuff, and so it's like all this stuff is coming to f- uh, fruition. And also, they're just starting the journey. They're, as Mike Norvell's mentioned many times, they're just now getting started. And I think finally, they're back to normalcy you know as far as how they can recruit against other teams where you know everyone compares Florida and Miami to FSU because they got new coaches like it's totally different situation because this staff didn't have any ties to the state of Florida you know this staff had to win that there was no secret sauce of of anything else they had to win they had to go in there they had to get the W's they had to beat beat the rivals and they had to show the product on the field and now that's transitioning into the relationships in state and the record. So I think they had to do things the hard way. And uh, and so now they're reaping the benefits. We'll take a few questions before it's time to sign off on Sunday's Smash. First of all, uh, Tom once again contributes, and he has 
uh, his petty hat on, as he says, give uh, Hunter the number two. Let him wear number two here at Florida State. Uh, that's one route you could go. I doubt we will go that direction, even if he got on campus. But love the thought there, Tom. Uh, Tom <laughs> Patrick, uh, Michael, any true centers out there? That's interesting. So uh, Tom wants to go shopping on the center market. Yeah, I don't. I don't anticipate, and I'm not a new team guy. I don't, I don't anticipate Caden Lyles being able to, who will be back next year. So I think they do need a center. Obviously, they do have Maurice. I think, obviously, I I, I think uh, certainly you're, you've got a starter. Um, but I think they do want a center. Um, I think there's a Stanford offensive lineman that just went in um, maybe yesterday that I put on our, on our board. I will pull him up real quick, guys, uh, just to – Bear with me a little bit. I'm just I'm doing this live on well, in person. So. While you're doing that, let me remind the folks. Uh, feel free to let us know what you're enjoying on Sunday Smash right now in the chat. And uh, do you have a holiday party coming up, folks? Do you have one? Go to ABC Fine Wine and Spears throughout the state of Florida. They've got gift baskets that have wine and chocolates or bourbon and you know highball glasses, like really good stuff that makes it look like you care more than you actually did. So you go to ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. They take care of you. Anywhere throughout the state of Florida, they're a great sponsor of what we do here at WarChant TV. Please support them. Let's see uh, what's going on in the chat. Ben, feel free to, to light it up with whatever everybody's enjoying tonight on a Sunday. Michael, <laughs> uh, have you found what you were looking for? I'm close. Uh, guys, just keep it going. I will, I will just give me a second and I will nail it right now. Um, but, rum and uh, Coke from FSU fan 1993. That's one of my flavors. There you go, FSU fan. So uh, anyway, I, Drake Metcalf, I think that's the one I was talking about uh, from, I want to say, Stanford. Um, he's a guy that I, I know that they were they were focused on uh, or, or or there could be focused on as far as the center position. They're not actually pursuing anybody. So if you're thinking there's an offensive lineman that they're already active with or there's one they have their eye on, I think I don't think that's the case. But I do think that center from Stanford is a guy that that could be to keep an eye on if I was picking one. Austin asks, uh, any defensive backs available? I mean, there that's – go ahead. I was just going to say, there will be. Uh, is there one right now? No, I don't And since there's one that they are targeting yet. Um, as I said, it will frustrate fans because everyone wants to now. You know, you see, you know, they want bam, 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 let's get it in, let's get it done. But there will be – I think DB will, DB will be an area that will be active with. Certainly, uh, Sam McCall is no longer there. So you you certainly want to add a guy, and then we saw last year they really loaded up on on DB, even though it was a position that really wasn't like like a desperate need as far as just uh, you know other positions. But I definitely think there will be. Now, right now, it's kind of a wait and see who who jumps in there, and then who they kind of covet. Is that part of it too, Michael? Because I, I asked you the general question, um, you know, about what you think the over under is for the long game. But you got to preach patience here, too, because it's not just this window. There are going to be other kids that are entering the portal after spring ball and then other kids that are going to complete their degrees in the spring mm -hmm. and make a move in the summer. The coaching staff is not trying to fill all this up before spring practice here in Tallahassee, are they? They're always going to keep a spot or two open for anything that develops late in this process. Yeah, they will. And and, 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 and people won't like that, but they're going to be they're going to be very patient. That's the best word I can use for FSU is patience because that's what they're going to do as far as a portal. I don't think you'll see them just be the first team to, yeah. you know, just offer a kid. But if there's a guy they covet, they're going to absolutely go hard after him. And uh, you will be able to notice right away. Obviously I will be reporting it, but you'll be able to tell the guys they want and the guys they covet. And, 
And certainly, I think they need some safeties in this class. I think the safety room's a little bit thin, so I think that's a place they'll probably you know, add some guys. Obviously, you'll lose Jamie Robinson more than likely, so you certainly want to add some more dudes in there. And then, uh, as we've seen, they, they consistently are always evaluating to get corners as well in this class. So I think uh, it'll be a patient process, but it's as you said, it's not a process that's going to be done in a week. You know, it's going to be something that could go, some of them could go later. Some of them could be quick. And I think last year was kind of, it was fairly, you know, not that long, but I think this year is a little bit different because their perception of, of how they'll go after guys is a little bit different because you can be more patient. You can be the priority team. You can be the, you don't have to go in there and maybe reach for a guy. Maybe they did, you know, one or two years ago. I mean, I think there's several guys, I think a few guys, they went in there and they got that you know, didn't pan out um, or, you know, compared to the level of, you know, we always remember the Jared versus and the Jermaine Johnson's and the, you know, Jamie Robinson's, but there's some in there that were from small schools that maybe they reached for a little bit on skill and fit, but um, I don't think they're going to have to do that uh, this time around. So I think there's going to be a lot more selectiveness to what they do. Charles and Monique Williams on Facebook. I like the photo there, Charles and Monique. They asked about what about the defensive back that says he has an offer transferring from Boston college. Uh, that was something that happened today, Michael, where uh, I, I might have missed that one. Yeah, the kid's name escapes me, but uh, I was going to ask and, and we can you know, move that forward and you can look at it on the PRB tonight. on Warchamp. Okay. Um, uh, but are you aware of any offers to defensive backs right now that are legitimate? Because what you're saying earlier is an important point. Right. There are some kids that might say they have an offer in order to increase their own brand. Yeah, uh, go ahead and expand on that if you don't. Mind. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'll, I will check on that. Obviously, if, if uh, Charles uh, Monique Williams can, you know, has a name, then I will check on it. That will help me even more. But if you don't, I'll find out. Uh, I'll obviously check with FSU Intel on the defensive back recruiting and certainly <laughs> see if there's up. But I think I, I will be. I will be. Uh, I will be a, a, a little bit surprised if if there's an offer already. Um, so we'll wait. I think the only offers I know of is Brandon Fiske from uh, Western Michigan. Obviously, the tight end that they're going after, they're heavily pushing for in Kyle Morlock. For those that have missed that, I did a mini mill on that. He was kind of one of my lead notes. I think FSU, Tennessee are the main teams. And then Tennessee just lost their offense coordinator. So that certainly helped bodes well for FSU. And they're hosting him officially you know, this upcoming weekend. So I think those are the main ones uh, right now. I think there might've been another defensive end here and there, but like I said, guys, uh, be really wary of the offers that you see on social media on, on them just being an automatic offer. So a couple more questions here before we sign off on Sunday smash. One more from me, Michael, I heard you say this earlier in the week that you think that if FSU is dipping into the portal for offensive linemen, it would be for guards and maybe yes. not tackles. Yes. Uh, could you let the Sunday Smash audience know uh, what's going on there and why guards would be the priority? I think uh, they feel like as a staff that that um, you have to be careful of because they have so many young tackles. They have so many good guys that they like. And then they, I think they feel good about, you know, Julian Armella. I think they feel good about some of these other guys that maybe FSU fans haven't seen. But also, I, I still think they will add a tackle. Uh, but I think I think uh, guards is really kind of a question mark for them of of how they feel, whether it's somebody returning or not returning and making sure you fill that void and you can't get too carried away in tackles. And then 
you forget your interior and that really affects your running game when you don't have. So I think they want to make sure that they're, they're comfortable there. So I think it's more guard that there's a question mark in the portal that I think uh, that they want to replace. Cause you got to remember Dylan Gibbons is going to be gone. That's an interior guy. Um, certainly you have a few other guys. So I don't think they want to lose what, what edge they have in those interior guys. Cause those are key. And, and they have some talented young guys that are interior, but, you got to make sure you take care of the interior because the outside means nothing if you don't protect the inside. I'll answer this question from Tom real quick. What's the four deep at tackle next year? I could do my own projections. Assuming Robert Scott comes back, that's one. Bless yeah. Harris would be another. Right. Uh, Armella would be another. And then right. I would guess, you know, maybe if Jalen Early develops a little bit quicker, or Daughtry Richardson, I still think the emergency use would be from for Darius Washington to rotate in at tackle. Would, yeah, would and I've heard some I've heard some really positive things on Jalen early just from my FSU intel that I've gotten through practice all year. So I think um, I, I think that's a guy to kind of keep an eye on. And like I said, they have so many tackles, so I think they want to make sure they keep the interior. So that's kind of the reason behind the the guard. All right, he hasn't put his name in the portal, but this is another guy that often appears on the boards or in the chat, Marvin Jones Jr. It, this is something <laughs> that until he goes and plays at the professional level or moves on from college, Michael, we're always going to be asking about, could that be another romance that would reignite between Marvin Jones Jr. and Florida State? I'll, I'll put it this way, guys. Um, I have eye emoji like right now, and it's just kind of like, okay, you're looking at something. If I saw Marvin Jones enter the portal, it would be DEFCON, not four, but five for me, um, because I think he, I think FSU would be the favorite. I think uh, their season of what they've done with, with the productivity in the last two years from defensive ends, that is extremely attractive. And certainly uh, we've seen uh, those guys can go in there and play. I mean, a lot of people forget that Jermaine Johnson didn't leave Georgia because he like hated it there. He left because he was a part-time pass rusher yep. and they used him on third down or certain situations. And in FSU, he became a starter. And then that's, that's, that's kind of the key. So if he feels like that he could do better as far as being a full-time starter, I think FSU could certainly be in the mix. So I think if he hits the portal, you know, I'm going to have wide open eyes as far as Marvin Jones Jr. But we'll see. I don't, and I've said this from the start, Tom. I do not talk about kids that I, I definitely don't list them unless they're in the portal. So, or unless they're expecting or announcing they're going to be in the portal. I just, uh, so Marvin is one of those names, but there's a lot of names I have on my mind that, you know, could enter the portal. But until he enters, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's not real. It's, it's like the Bigfoot. It, it doesn't exist to me. <laughs> so there you go, Carol. The answer is, if you see that he's in the portal, get excited and hyped. Yeah. But until such time, just just hang on. But that, yeah. you know, Michael, that's human nature. If you have a legacy prospect who's a blue chipper, people are always going to be curious. And in this day and age, I mean, you thought the Destin Hill thing was nuts. People are going to be asking about other players on other <laughs> rosters the entirety of their careers. That's just going to be the new normal here. Uh, Ira put on his pimp cap a little bit earlier, Michael, to talk about what was coming up. On the team side, uh, he's got a great video for those of you that are just tuning in. The story of the Gatorhead. This goes all the way back to the late 80s, actually, folks. I've got an advanced viewing. It's more than a 20-minute product. We're going to put it on the channel first, but then also be available on podcast form as well on WarChant. Really encourage you uh, to look around tomorrow night or Tuesday morning for the release of that feature. It's an excellent job by Ira and produced by our own Ben here behind the scenes. But, Michael, recruiting-wise, transfer portal-wise, it's going to be hot and heavy here in about four hours and 10 minutes 
as yeah. we hit midnight. What can folks expect at warchant.com and also from you just in general over the next week? Yeah, I think uh, where most people they've seen kind of, you know, the transfer portal updates, it, it, I have to start a new thread because there's so much uh, often, but uh, we will obviously have that. And then anything, when something pops, uh, you can expect features. There's going to be more mills uh, for people that saw the mini mill. We're going to do a lot more features. We're even going to do features on when we have a gauge of, of targets, uh, even a hot board or something like that, that something quick that we can do. And we're just going to keep it fresh where we'll, we'll do videos. I'll tape videos as far as if something's happened that day, I'll certainly uh, break in and do a live or video or a recorded video to make sure I break down what's going each day. So it's going to be a daily thing, guys. It's going to be a portal. It's going to, it's not something that, okay, I'll monitor it, you know, can have it. No, it's going to be probably every day there. You might be something see on there that we'll have a feature on when it comes to transfer portal. Cause you know, it's big. Um, it's going to be big. And then, and then you still have, I think the forgetting part of this is you still have two big recruiting weekends, December 9th, December 16th. Those are going to be big weekends where FSU is hosting kids, even portal kids. So I think you'll have a lot of mixture. I think both weekends you know, could move up to double digits uh, for some of those visits. So uh, I think right now, I think the ninth weekend has uh, maybe around four or five and it could expand to seven. And then, uh, and then with the next weekend, I think a lot of FSU commits are going to be on campus. You have visitors, and then you're also going to have portal kids. So that thing's probably going to be a double-digit weekend. And then a reminder for people, high school kids sign on December 21st to the 23rd. That's the early signing period. So, yeah, I'm going to be busy. I'm going to be busy with portal and this stuff. So it's it's about to get crazy. All the more reason, folks, to make sure that you subscribe to War Chant TV. It's totally free. And then hit the bell next to it because it alerts you anytime we go live or we bring new information to you. So this is the time of year. December used to be kind of a snoozer, folks. Not that long ago. It was bowl practices, a bowl game, and then maybe who's going to show up on campus the first week of classes in order to be an early enrollee. But that's in January. Now December is like this critical month. It's not just about the holiday season. It's about filling up your roster and making sure that you're not caught unawares about, you know, losing key players at certain parts of your depth chart. Uh, so, Michael, let me close with uh, one more little preview of those next couple of weeks and then a, a general recruiting question, not transfer portal question. Okay. If you're doing the math, it, they're now down to, is it 25 again that you can bring in year yep. over year? So, twenty. it's no longer that exception where you had an extra, I think it was seven. Places. Right, right. If 25 is the number, that means – if I'm doing my math right, you think that it's going to be somewhere between 16 or 18 kids in the yeah. high school portion of what Florida State is doing. Do I have right. that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. So if you're going to get, say, 18, and Florida State is where now, like in, in the in the mid-teens, how, right. many, how many more kids do you think Florida State, are they big game hunting for the remainder of the class, or are they going to fill it out with whatever they think is a good fit, and it might be a three-star player? What, how do you think they want to round out their high school recruiting this year right i think the high school that you know four or five is kind of what i'm looking at um and then um, you have several positions they like to add another db they would like to add another linebacker if it's the right fit um certainly we know they'd like to add another wide receiver and then uh, i think offensive line they only want like one or two more um so there's a few more additions you add it all up it's around you know five to six uh, you know something like that so I think that's kind of what they're circled. There's still some big game, honey. You got Rue and Bain out there. You got running back Cedric Baxter, five-star. I think they're very involved there. Mike Norvell's going to see him, um, I think, down the line. Um, but I do, uh, as far as an in-home, 
I know FSU is going to be uh, in Baxter's home next week, uh, from what I was told, with David Johnson going to see him. So I think there's going to be a lot of guys. Uh, Ruben Bain, FSU is going to see him this week. Uh, Odell will be there. The next week, Norvell will be there. So big game hunting. There's It's not, it's not everything about the portal. It's going to be a mixture. I might have, I might have to do a portal – you know, tend to watch and a, and a portal tend uh, and a, a recruiting high school recruiting uh, tend to watch. So, got a lot of stuff that you know we're going to juggle. But uh, I think I think people forget about the high school. There's still some important targets out there, like Edwin Joseph, four-star athlete from Chaminade, Ruben Bain. I know a guy put on there like, oh, there's no chance. Uh, they're still active with Bain, and Bain's still active with them. So until Bain commits and shows them the word, uh, they're going to keep going. And so I think a lot of people keep forgetting that. It isn't just portal kids, and you're just finished. I think they're gonna they're gonna have some talented high school kids that they want to get into this picture and finish it off. Is that Madonna Shamanad? Is that, is that yes, right? yes, yes? That's yeah, correct. They're playing my CCC Marauders here Thursday night. Uh oh. Uh oh. Unfortunately, I think my Marauders are gonna get tuned up, but that's okay. You know, loving CCC. Dylan Gibbons was from that area. That's where I went. Uh, shout out to my Marauders for playing in the state championship game Thursday here in Tallahassee, and best of luck against Shamanad. Hopefully they come away with the win. But we've got more coverage about the best of Florida State on the team side and the recruiting side. That's what you can expect here on Warchant.com and Warchant TV. He's the mad scientist behind the recruiting game. He's Michael Langston. He's going to be getting back to the lab. It's the premium yep. recruiting board, Warchant.com. $10 from now through August 31st. It's 10 bucks for this week is worth, you know, maybe a day, the next day, $10 is worth it to get to Warchant.com. Uh, Michael, any final thoughts before we sign off for the evening? Uh, no, just get ready for chaos, guys. Uh, there's going to be, like I said, it's it's not. It's I mean, like I said, you're going to add prospects from high school, JUCO, and portal, so it's going to get crazy. But again, think about like keep in mind when it comes to portal kids about these offers and 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 make sure that you know it's confirmed by people because there's going to be a lot of kids that are going to say they got offers. I mean. I remember last year, even when they got Dimitri uh, from uh, Charlotte, FSU, he never announced that Florida State offered. And I think they FSU kind of prefers that um, to keep it between them if, if they know they're going to get a kid. So I think you have to be careful of how legit those offers are. But at the same time, it's going to get crazy. And I think it's going to be a very good uh, – I think it's going to be a very good portal class. I think they're going to get some very key additions. And, and then certainly Tom – you know, Ira, Corey will have all the team coverage. Uh, certainly going to be fun. I'm going to be at the uh, the game at the Cheez-It Bowl. So uh, hopefully I can meet some of you guys over there. So it's going to be fun. Just get ready. It's going to be a lot of, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to chug a lot of Red Bull. Even though I don't drink Red Bull, but I think Mountain Dew will work. Uh, but go. I will see you guys soon and uh, just get ready for a lot of chaos. There you go, folks. So coming up to Warchant.com and Warchant TV tomorrow, you'll have Wake Up Warchant, Corey and Aslan, their thoughts about the bowl game and what's coming up to be a crazy uh, anarchy-laden week in the transfer portal. We look forward to that. The Jeff Cameron Show tomorrow, special note, folks, they're doing renovations again at 93.3. They're, they're fixing that place head to toe. Uh, so you're going to have a morning, around late morning lunchtime, in your podcast feed edition of the JCS, it'll also be up on Warchant TV as audio only. Jeff and I are on call throughout the morning and throughout the early portion of the afternoon. If there is breaking news about a player staying, a player going, transfer portal, we will have it for you here on Warchant TV. So you can expect to see us if that's the case. Just a whole lot of things going on tomorrow at Warchant TV. And it starts tonight at midnight. So if you got your F5 finger ready to go on your keyboard, 
then you're all set. You head to warchant.com and we'll have it all for you. For producer Ben, who did a great job tonight, director Ben, that is, Ira Schofel, the managing editor. Thanks to all of you that have contributed. He's Michael Langston. My name is Tom Lang. You've watched Sunday Smash presented by ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. We're going to talk to you, it feels like, in 10 minutes here on War Chant TV. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you until the, uh, until the breaking news happens. We'll talk to you next time.